You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the Captain Guy Mulcaster. Hi, I'm Gareth Hall. We're recording this on a Wednesday morning right on 7am. Captain, good morning to you and what a time of the year it is. We keep on saying it, but it's exciting. It's amazing, Gareth. They're falling like 10 pins out of the Everest. We've got the uh, Epsom Metropolitan this weekend. We've got Jackson's horse running in the Breeders' Plate. It's all going to happen. We've got the grand final in Melbourne. We've got the NRL grand final in Sydney. Brisbane team's well represented in both. Could be a huge weekend. Now, when when the captain refers to Jackson, if you're just joining us for the first time, Jackson France is our producer. He, He loves his breeding He's just had his first foal on the ground by Blue Point and Captain's his mentor. So we'll mention Jackson throughout the podcast, but we need to have a chat about his Everest because your friends there on the Gold Coast at Aquas, they need to find a horse. And quick smart after Sunshine in Paris, unfortunately for Connections, and John Camilleri and Annabelle Neesham was um, pulled out of the Everest there yesterday because of an injury, Captain. Yeah, it sounded like it was only a small injury, but at this time of year, they, that's the difference between getting to the grand final and not. Correct, and, and that's why Giggy Kick and Clayton Douglas pulled the pin with uh, um, their star sprinter last Saturday because they just couldn't get the work into him before an Everest. And James Harron, well, he was quick to move, James Harron. He, he rang up James Cummings and they organised cylinders, so... Cylinder gets his slot. I think he'll be hard to beat, this three-year-old Colt. Yeah, his runs have been pretty good, but it just depends how deep into the preparation he can go. You know, like he's put up a couple of PBs his last couple of runs, and they're not motor cars, you know, like they can only go so far, and it's going to be interesting to see if the light preparation is going to be a benefit or the horses that have been running all the time are going to be actually fitter and harder to beat. I don't mind Cylinder's preparation. I think he's been up early, but he'll have, this will be his fourth run in a Everest. And then he'll have that break into a Coolmore. But um, it is going to be a fascinating Everest because you've got some of the, like the, the think about it to go around in the premier on Saturday. And there's a few horses like a remark and a lost in running now that have their opportunity to put their hand up and say, pick me captain. Oh, definitely. You know, I think is is it three weeks to go and four spots still to be found. So, yeah, make very interesting reading, and uh, everybody's sitting on the edge of their seats just seeing what's going to play out. Now, I know that Liam Price, your manager as well, because you're a, you're a bloodstock agent to the stars, and Chris Wall is one of your best mates. What are they doing with their slot? Can you give us a bloody exclusive on this podcast? Give us something, p- Captain. I'm like you, Gareth. Oh. I have to watch. Gerald comes out in the morning and I shoot down to the shop and see if I can find a headline or two. But I think uh, I would have been going for Espiona if it was up to me, but it doesn't look like they're going to be heading down that path. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what plays out. So why wouldn't they head down that path? Uh, I'm not privy to the information, Gareth, and you are pretty keen to put me on the spot, but it's it's quite obvious that the uh, ownership group of Espiona okay. Are not not interested in running in that race. So that, that's interesting. And then Chris has got to find a he's got to find a horse. When we've had conversations with him, and I've heard him speak about this, it's either his own horse, like an Espiona, or he goes down the path of a three year old, which is interesting. Um, I think 
you know, like if it was up to me, I'd be going for a horse like Celestial Legend. I thought his run behind yes. was most absolutely outstanding on Saturday. I know it's not ideal to go into a race like that lightly raced. I don't know if Mr. Ho's really interested in it, but he has won the race before. Correct. So I'd be knocking on their door. That's a very good point. Geez, that's why we got you on the show thinking a little bit differently. And I reckon Mr. Ho would be interested in a phone call. He's a smart businessman. He likes cash. He does like cash. Um, so that's a look at the Everest. It's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks to see actually what happens. But if I had to buy a share in a stallion right now, Captain, yes, I would head I would head to Arrowfield to purchase a share in Dundeal because of the Newgate cult militarize. He is a he is a star, Captain. Uh, wasn't it just a great ride by Joe Moreri, you know, like he actually picked him up and and put him in the finish where other people might have been still asleep at the wheel, you know. Like, even the commentator didn't spot him till the last two hops. So, you know, that's how quick he was coming home and fair juice to them. But now it looks like uh, the media are starting to beat it up that he might be running in the King Charles instead of the Caulfield Guineas. So the people that own Sea Party would be pretty happy with that idea. We'll have to get on to Henry Field about that because I, I heard that he, he was thinking about going to the King Charles but he was only thinking about that, and then he's definitely going to the Caulfield Guineas, Captain. Well, I don't think they can do both. In fact, Henry Field, you wouldn't believe that now. Henry Field's just text me at 7.06. I'm telling you, I've been doing all this meditation with the the universe, Captain. It's working. It's unbelievable. Um, Now, he has... Just sent me the nominees for the 2022-23 Australian Racehorse of the Year Awards. Um, and he will play a major part, I think, Newgate. So I might just text him and see what he's doing. But I, regardless whether he goes to the King Charles or he goes to the Caulfield Guineas, I think he's a live chance in a WS Cox Plate there, Captain. Yeah, don't disagree. And three-year-olds have had a, a pretty good history in that race before, like uh... – Savabeel and horses like that, uh, Gareth. So interesting to see what plays out. We've also got Charm Stone. I want to have a chat about it. She had no luck this filly by him invincible. I think she's the best sprinting filly in the country. She goes straight to the Coolmore Stud now after her fifth in the Golden Rose. Geez, we all know I'm Invincible's doing a good job, but she's a beauty, Charm Stone. Yeah, well, she's. He's also got the other three-year-old filly that looks pretty hard to beat in the flight stakes and tis invincible on Saturday as well, Gareth. So could all be uh, onwards and upwards for I'm invincible, but, I mean, there's not much more you can really say about him. He's basically pretty dominant in Australia at this stage, isn't he? Is the, is the flight stakes all open with that I'm invincible filly for Kiramar and David Eustace and tis invincible? Uh, history sort of shows you the best horse usually keeps winning through that series. I know there's a number of horses that have been running on. They keep running on. They might be running on again on Saturday, but, you know, like she seems to make her own luck and, she's, and she looks like she's head and shoulders above them at this stage. Geez, Arnie Schiller's a good stallion. I like him. He's produced at party. He goes around in the Caulfield Guineas, of course, in a couple of weeks' time. Was in a Group 3 prelude as well? Yeah, I don't know. They're completely the A graders, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, Gareth. 
Um, so you don't think you th- you think the Sydney horses you think the Sydney horses are better than the Melbourne horses? Uh, normally they are. Normally they are, but you know, like every year can be different. Mister Mister Brightside's been flying the flag, but I thought Alligator Blood was pretty bloody good on the weekend, though. Yeah, I think that was Alligator Blood's. That was his Group One. He was beautifully prepared, well placed. I don't think he'd be winning another Group One. The Blood. Hmm. Maybe a little bit early for that sort of call, Gareth. No, no. This spring, do you think he can win a Cox Plate or a Champions Champions Mile? Alligator Blood. Or King Charles? Uh, you can't say no. I think Waterhouse and Bot have had more winners than anybody in the first seven weeks of the season, and they've got they the have. horses flying. Why wouldn't they keep going? Yeah, that's a good point you make. Osmosis, he's a Sioux Star cult. I thought James Harron would pick him up, and I thought he would be a chance to pick him up in the the Everest because of the, the association with Henry Field. Henry Field's purchased into osmosis. In fact, because Henry was texting us, he's going to join us in just a couple of minutes because I need to ask him a few questions. Um, so how good is this osmosis? You like Celestial Legend? What do you think Derby Racing will do? Because Bjorn Baker, I think if he had his choice, he would skip the Everest and concentrate on the Coolmore. And Scott Derby has suggested his owners want to go to an Everest. Yeah, well, they've already got overpass in the race and you know, there's nothing wrong with having two bullets to fire, is there? And I thought, you know, like, there's not a hell of a lot of obvious pace in the in the Everest, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the, the most of the pace is going to come from the stable, mate, but uh, I'm sure they could work out one to sit in front and one, one to sit behind if they both happen to run. Yeah, that's what I think overpass would be better following another hall. I'm not overpassed. Um Osmosis will be a better horse following a, a bunny in a way. And I think Osmosis could be that horse, Captain. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, like there's still four spots to go. I'm pretty sure that somebody will pick up Osmosis. Yeah, those like alcohol-free, she has to perform well on a premier stakes for you long to take her. Mr. Zhang's got a decision to make. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stop Mr. Jang sleeping pretty well at night. He's He's got plenty of bullets to fire, hasn't he? He has actually. Simon Miller is just heading to Yulong Farm this morning. He was going to join join me on Getty Up, and he still might talk about my favourite filly, Amelia's Jewel, who goes around on Friday night at the Valley. I think he's getting a, a tour there from Sam Fairgrave and the team there at Yulong Farm. But I can't wait to see her on Friday night. I wonder which queen will stand out. Will it be the New Zealand queen or the Australian queen on Friday night under lights at the Valley, Captain? Well, I mean, I heard that Imperatrice worked pretty well and I saw the reports on Amelia's Jewels, so it's going to be a bloody good night there at Mooney Valley on Friday night. I'm sure you'll be along there, Gareth. Yeah, I can't wait to get there, actually. I, I, I'm... I'll be interested to see if Imperatrice wins by three lengths on the bridle and Opie says, get that deal done, David. Get that deal done for the Everest because it's like, it's worth a lot more to Opie as well yeah. with the percentages. It definitely is, Gareth, but I'm sure you'll be getting a bit of free F&B there at, at Mooney Valley on Friday night. So if anybody's hanging around uh, Melbourne, they can call out to you, Gareth, and you'll get them up into a good suite or something. No, your, your friends at Entang don't really look after me that much these days, Dan Cobby and all of that. And Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks have probably been a little bit critical of the Mooney Valley track. So I'm not, a, they, and they, they 
they dragged me into that. So I don't know if I like, you know, no, they look after us, the Mooney Valley Racing Club. They do a wonderful job, Michael Brown, the team. Looking forward to the to the Ladbrokes um, Cox Plate. And you might have a runner in the Cox Plate if you can win an Epsom. But I think you might have to improve from, I watched that replay even the little Tassie star, the inevitable just um, gave you wind burn. Yeah, we'll we'll see on Sunday morning. You can give us a ring. We can go through it, Gareth. We'll see where you, inevitable finishes up. You know. Yes. All right. Then that's a good point. I, I think that you're a massive chance because you've got that grand final trainer and you've got your little mate on Joe Marura these days. Um, let's have a chat to Henry Field because we needed to ask Henry a few questions here on the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast. And Henry, as we say good morning to you, we're just talking about you as. Um, I don't know how this universe works in weird and wonderful ways. The captain's got a coffee cup, a Newgate coffee cup, and then we were talking about what Miller, militarised will do, and then you text me about um, a uh, the Australian Racing Award. So there you go. So I said, we'll get Henry on the, the line here. On I know this is your favourite podcast. As I say hello to you. Mate, mate, I, mate I, I never miss it. Yeah. I never, ever miss it. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing with Militarise? Are you coming to Melbourne or are you staying in Sydney for the King Charles? Because, hey, the captain won't give me exclusive Liam Pryor and Chris Waller with the Everest slot and um, someone's got to give us something here. Right, we, uh, Militarise will definitely be going to the Caulfield Guineas uh, and uh, he'll he'll take a lot of beating. So he's, he's in great. pull up very well after Saturday. Um, so long as Chris is happy with him over the next... Next couple of weeks, he'll be running in the Guineas, and it'll be some clash. It'll be some clash between the the, the, the top Melbourne Colt and the top Sydney Colt. It's going to be could be a Caulfield Guineas for the ages. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the the best Caulfield Guineas because the build up's been it's been probably the biggest build up this far out for Caulfield Guineas that I can recall for a long time. Geez, your horse is good, um, Henry. The son of Dundee was impressive there the other day. Yeah, he's a he's an incredible cult. He uh, he had no right to win. He had no right to win there on uh, Saturday. He was in he was in more trouble than the Wallabies at the three hundred. <laughs> but uh, he he uh, he found himself out of a terrible spot. And uh, you know he was he was his turn of thought was extraordinary, especially the last furlong where he ran, ran a phenomenal fractions. What would you do with Eddie Jones, Captain? Uh, I wouldn't have put him back in the first place, but mm. I'm sure Henry would find him a job there at Newgate. <laughs> He's got a few people of uh, Eddie's ilk working up there at the moment. I'm sure there's some troughs to clean or something. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, it's uh, it's it's a sad state of state of affairs of Wallowies, but what, what's a what's a positive state of affairs is how uh, how exciting the racing is in Sydney and uh, yes. and Melbourne at the moment. It's bloody it's firing and it's. Uh, it's only getting better over the next few weeks. Did your brother-in-law leave you out there after going with the Sheik um, for the slot in the Everest instead of Osmosis Henry? Uh, it's funny, it's funny you say that. Yeah. I, uh, I had a few conversations with him, but he, uh, <laughs> he, decided, he decided to go for cylinder. But that's okay. I, I think I get his logic, and 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 I think um, you know, I do think that he was, you know, he, he's. I think he was very bullish on the three-year-old play, and 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 obviously. Uh, you know, his his preference was was cylinder over osmosis, but but conceptually the the three year old play was was what uh, was 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 the way he went, and that's a smart play. Uh, he, he obviously pulled that stroke last year with Giga Kick, and um, I, I tend to think that um, had cylinder had they decided to to not go to the Everest because it wasn't a Group One, 
Osmosis might have got that spot, but uh, you never know. And I reckon he's chosen well, so it'll be very interesting. I, I heard that he was he was persuaded by James Cummings because James Cummings gave up his own drive for your brother-in-law James Harron. That's the reason why he signed, and you couldn't you couldn't match that deal there, Henry. Mate, let me tell you one thing. James Cummings is very very persuasive, and he's one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest debaters I've ever met. But I, one thing I can assure you is he would not be giving up the driver, even for an Everest log. <laughs> uh, um, there's plenty to look forward to. You've got a couple of nice two-year-olds I saw that trial the other day because Captain won't reveal any of his two-year-olds that, um, well, he hasn't stepped out too many just yet. But how? what are you looking forward to with the Breeders' Plate and the Jim Crack? Will you have anything in there? Yeah, we have two in the Breeders' Plate. Hopefully we'll have... Volatile and James McDonald will ride him. Yep. And counter offensive and I think Joe Moreira will ride him. So two two smart Colts, two good riders. Uh probably very strong and volatile horse that we've had at the top of the pecking order. Um for you know, for, for, for a good few months late in the winter, early in the spring, trialed accordingly. And uh he's a lovely schnitzel colt with a big pedigree. Obviously, Kieran Myers' Blue Point Colt looks a benchmark, yes. and he was very impressive the other day at the trials. But yeah, we like Volatile, and, and hopefully, he can give he can give Scampi a run for his money. And I was I was reading recently that Militarise was only is this the first time that you've given Chris Waller horses at Newgate? Was Militarise the the first of them? Yeah, we've had we've had one or two with him with Chris over the years, and obviously had a great great relationship with Chris, and and you always had a you know good. Friendship with Chris, but we just, we decided last year we went to the sales last year with with the uh, the sort of idea to buy some really good looking, very very nice horses that might just be sort of more back end two year olds rather than front end two year olds, and thought he would be the, the right man for the job to train them. And as it turned out, he got the he got the uh, the, the triple crown with it with his two year olds and and shot the lights out. So yeah. um, militarised was uh, obviously uh, an awesome two-year-old, as was Shinzo, but, but he, you know, it was, was a great result. We also had Townhouse at the run third and Jaji Atkins, so a couple of group one performed two-year-olds from, I think, a sample of five, and um, which was great, which is great. And obviously, Chris, yeah, he's a, he's a master trainer and he's very easy to work with, very easy to deal with, and uh, and so it's, it's it's been a good relationship. Captain, because you're in the media these days with the number one podcast in racing, do you did you get to vote for the Australian Horse of the Year or not? Um, no, I don't hold a media ticket, Gareth. I'm, I actually, you know, I, I don't really subscribe to that sort of area. I only do this show with you because you're a good bloke. Yep. And we're lucky to have Henry on there. So, you know, I'm not going to be voting on the Horse of the Year, but I'm sure the right horse will win. Well, it's going to be with these awards, I think they're at the latter part of the year. I think the votes have been conducted as well for this award. Champion two-year-old Shinzo Militarise, Cylinder, Amelia's Jewel, In Secret, Legato, Prowess, um, Cool and Gatter, a two-time Group 1 winner last last season, Animo and and um, Giga Kick and In Secret, I wish I win for the, for the horse of the year. Um, we had some season last season, Henry, when you, when you list those names. Yeah, it was it was incredible, and uh, and we're starting off this season like we finished off last season, with probably the exception of Animo, who's gone to stud. But at the end of the day, great horses are what makes the game interesting for participants, and we're lucky to have a lot of great horses racing at the moment. It's just you know, the Everest, for example, it's a race that 
uh, you know, we, there's just, there's a, such a big pool of awesome horses that the public has just such an affinity with, and I think it's it's great for racing. The Cox Plate's going to be the same. These, uh, you know, it's it's. It, I think we're in a purple patch of good horses at the moment. Obviously, it was disappointing to see Giga Kick have a slight mishap. Uh, one of the one of the, the trailblazers of of, 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 a, of a, the Australian thoroughbreds this 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 uh, this last twelve months. But yeah, it's a great it's a great era and some great horses racing. And you've got to think about it in the Everest as well with your slot. Um, he goes around on Saturday in the Premier Stakes. What's his like? He's a son of so you think he? I wonder what his ceiling is. Well, he's he's a, he's a he was he was a, we we raised him on the farm. He was bred bred on the farm by Greg Colavos, and he was a backward, very backward yearling. But a, but he was a, the shape of probably a fast horse. He was a horse that he was more like a sprinter mile in shape of a horse rather than a, a staying sort of horse and. And uh, he's just fully matured now. And it's funny because all the vibe you get is that the horse is flying from, from Joe Pride and just Sam Flippert and the, the connection to Jamie Walter. But the feeling, the feeling, you know, the feeling we sort of got was that maybe he'd make good improvement from the Premier to the Everest. But the betting market went up on <laughs> went up on Monday and it was like 280 into $1.80. So I think he's probably ready for Saturday by the sound of it. Yeah, it's funny it, when he tells the story. Exciting times. And did you have much success over there at... In America, at the sales there in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough to work with the sale with with um, you know the guys with Bob Baffert and Donato Lani, Tom Ryan and Gavin Murphy, and we bought twenty odd colts, a really nice group of colts. We do a very similar thing in America to what we do in Australia, um, um, which is uh, to, to try and try and you know buy the, the really quality colts in the market and develop stadiums over there, and it's been successful for us. We've been involved in a couple of Kentucky Derby winners, so. It's been good, and uh, and 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 it's uh, it's nice when it works. We might have to send you over there to buy us a justify if that's okay, Henry. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, that was that was. Uh, it was a great horse, and it was great to be involved with, with that horse. And and they're very rare animals, but uh, but but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's good. The the, uh, the market the market was very strong from a breeding bloodstock point of view. The market was really strong. The average was up slightly. Clearance was very comparable to last year. And if that can uh, can reflect through to or continue through to our yearly market in January, I think it'll it'll be a, a robust marketplace. Last one before we let you go, because I know you're a busy man. With the foals arriving there at Newgate, is there one particular sire that's just got you excited with a few of those foals that have arrived? Maybe a first season sire that you've been seeing there with a few of um, some of the gallopers stepping out in work and at trials as well. Yeah, yeah. As far as well. With, you mean with the first two-year-olds racing? Yeah, year? the first two-year-olds are maybe the foals as well yeah. that you're seeing for the first well, time. Well, 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 I'll tell you, interestingly, we see, uh, we're see we going to see two to sorts running the gym crack on Saturday, which is an amazing result for a stadium that, that stands for $10,000. It's one of the cheapest stadiums in the Valley with his first two-year-olds this year to sort. Uh, there's two of them in the, in, the, in the gym crack. One's second favourite in the market right now. So he's a really exciting horse. He's a very, very inexpensive sort of uh, cheap ticket, but he's... We stood him on the roster because we believe the horse had loads of natural talent and he seems to be throwing it through to his progeny. And uh, the first foals, we've got actually four new stadiums and we're pleased with all of them. Uh, in particular, the, the, the stadium side foals, the Golden Slipper and the stadium side, his foals are uh, genuinely spectacular. We've got uh, about eight or nine on the farm so far and, and they'd be as good a foals as we've ever had on the farm. So oh, I'm very, very bullish on the stadium side foals. I'm going to call my first day inside Moldcaster because looking at him lately, um, just down the down the, the line there, 
Henry looks like he's been staying inside uh, of late. I don't, I don't think the captain's been out exercising at all. So when you go to Turkey I, next time, you might have to go. You might have to go to Thailand or something for a fitness well, type of regime actually, for him. You'd actually, you'd actually be surprised. He, he did a few water sports over in Turkey as a captain, and I'll tell you oh. one thing: he can, he can swim. He can swim like Dawn Fraser. He was uh, <laughs> around the boat, under the boat. He was. Uh, it's bloody incredible. He's surprisingly fit, so I wouldn't underestimate him. Well, I would. Uh, he, he, you wouldn't back, <laughs> put it this way. You wouldn't back him in the yard, Henry. Um, ha, have a good day, mate. Thanks for your time and um, giving us some news on this podcast. I appreciate that, and um, can't wait to see. Are you going to be at Corf? That'll be that'll be a. Um, are you going to be at Caulfield, or are you going to be in Sydney? The, on I'm October sure 14. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure yet, but we'll, wherever we are, hopefully we can cross paths. All right, mate. Good on you, Henry. We appreciate your time, Cheers, guys. Any any time. Enjoy it. Bye bye. Our Henry Field from um, Newgate Farm. He's an entrepreneur. He's some story guy to see what he's been able to do, and he's he's great for the game. I think he's um, terrific how he promotes the sport. But he's an entrepreneur that's come a long way in a short amount of time. Oh, definitely. You know, to put Newgate Farm together with investors from all around the world and get a great lineup of stallions all in a short period of time, I'm sure, you know, it, it means a lot of other people that aspire to those sort of uh, heights. So just just before, oh, we're going to take a break, Jacko, so Gareth, we'll take a break. On the other side of it, we'll preview a few of the, the races coming up on Saturday, especially in Sydney and Friday night at the Valley. Um, we've got some questions for the, geez, um, we had to, our emails blew up again this week, Captain. I People want to ask the captain a question, so we'll get to Jacko's questions, your questions for, for the captain um, just after this break or a little later on in this podcast as well. This is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the captain, Guy Moldcast. I'm Gareth Hall. We'll take a break and come back with plenty more straight after this. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast. Guy Moldcaster, he's the captain, of course. With us, as always, on a Wednesday. We record this podcast on a Wednesday morning. Gareth Hall with you as well. Um, captain, are you a believer now when Amelia's jeweler goes around on Friday night, this daughter of Sayuni? Are you a believer now, Captain? Yeah, I thought her run was good at Flemington the other day. I mean, Lane probably gave her a reasonably easy run. And I think it, her racing style will probably be suited to the Valley. She can just sit back and he can wander around when it suits him. So it'll be interesting to see on Friday night. The flying arty mare in, um, in Paratree, she'll be hard to beat in a Moya. We all know that in a smallish field. Um, and I know sometimes it can play leaderish on the fence there at, at Mooney Valley on a Friday night. Um, but it'll be Interesting to see what she can do. And then there's four slots up for the Everest. Do you still think David Ellis will hold firm? And even if the, Mr. Zhang rings up and gives him a deal that he can't refuse, he'll say, no, we're staying in Sydney, Captain? Well, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that they're not going to change their mind now. They seem hell-bent on running over 1,000 metres. They seem hell-bent on running in Melbourne. Yep. And that's prerogative. You know, they've got the horse. They can do what they like. I mean... Yes, there's probably four slots chasing her, but I can't see them going to change their mind at this stage. Yeah, and of course, Imperatrice is by I'm Invincible. The flying arty mare in that race is a fur. I think she, this is her group one of the spring, but I don't know if she's really a Mooney Valley horse, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. I was at a function in Melbourne yesterday, 
It's the Carbine Club lunch. And um, Adam Sanks is the president of the Carbine Club in Melbourne. He spoke very well. And obviously it was to celebrate AFL Grand Final Week. But I ran into a few. There was a lot of racing people there, Captain. And um, there was a couple of owners, I think, in this cult that is by Blue Point who owns Scampi. And they were they were up and about us bringing their step. I think he might be winning that first two-year-old race. I know Henry's pretty bullish about his his two-year-olds, but I I think this Scampi might be one out of a, out of the box, Captain. Yeah, I mean, to the eye, Scampi was amazing at the trials, but you also got to remember it also has a little bit to do with the clock. I don't think he'll be wandering across and sitting in front and just doing what he likes on Saturday. Volatile was very good from the back the other day. It all depends on traffic with him, but. You know, Henry's got uh, Joe Maria and James McDonald on his two horses in that race. So butter that up with uh, Scampi, and I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a good race. And Jason Pollitt should give Scampi a pretty good ride too. How's J-Mac? Obviously, you haven't taken him on a fitness test, but is he ready to go? Uh, yeah, he's been he's been running a lot of Ks every day, and I've been there in spirit to help him along. Yeah. But, uh, I was going to put the runners on and go for a bit of a jog with them, but I just really didn't want to take no. on those hills, Gareth. No, not yet. You're not you're not ready for the hills at, at your preparation, Captain. Hey, um, can you do me a favour? I know when I catch, caught up with you in London, you, you spent a lot of time at the Palace, and I just can't believe we couldn't get the, like, just fine. Why didn't the King sell you that horse? That would have been a nice buy, Captain. It would have been great, but I mean, I had I had a look back through his form, and I I couldn't see I couldn't see an angle to him. But some horses come to Australia and really acclimatise, and he is absolutely throwing in, into the Metrop on Saturday. But two dollars over twenty four hundred metres at uh, Randwick, not convinced just yet. So horses like a say Zaki wasn't a he wasn't at the top echelon of weight for age horses. I think he had a few problems when they when the vet had a look at him. So he went for $300,000. But you can try and buy these horses that have have better form in Australia. They just perform better down here. But what's the key when you're looking like, what's the, is it, is it that, is that just a guess and a fluke that, or a lot of luck that horses climatize better than some in Australia? Or is there a certain, certain horse that you get a better chance of climatizing better down here? There's no, there's no hard and fast rule. Otherwise, yep. the same person get every good horse out of the sale, Gareth. You got to remember that now. There's probably, uh, probably sixty, seventy horses coming out of that sale every year that come to Australia, and I mean every trainer does it differently. And uh, Waterhouse and Bot have been bringing a number of those horses back over the last ten years, and uh, and this one's really clicked for them. So you know, I wish them the best of luck on Saturday, but. Uh, We've got a couple of runners in that race, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. So you you think that you can give Just Fine something to think about in a Metrop? Uh, yeah, I I thought uh, that Manzois's first run was a good good tick. His second run left a little bit to be desired, but it was very hot and very firm that day. Got another horse that ran very well on Saturday, Mr. Waterville. He's going yes. to eat up the 2,400. He was a two-mile winner in Ireland. So it'll be interesting to see as uh, Mr. Waterville's been uh, 18s to 14s or something so far. Haven't got the jockey booking yet, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Just having a look at um, 
your galloper there in the Metrop, Mr. Waterville. What price can I get for him? Um, $13 with bet three, six, five, just fines a dollar 90 major bill, 11 Benno, $13 Epsom handicap. You got Joe Mirror booked to ride Kovalika at $11. Um, geez, the inevitable is a big price for mine still at $13 and hope in your heart. We all, we need hope in our hearts. There's no doubt about that. But Kerry Parker at $7 captain. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit disappointing that we lost Pericles yesterday. Um, he he would have been a firm favourite in the race, but I think it's pretty open. But you couldn't trade uh, Joe Marrera on Kovalika. He rode him in a barrier trial last week, and I think having a little sit on him is going to be uh, the difference to be uh, get in a great spot and be very hard to beat. And Chris Waller loves his horse, doesn't he, Kovalika? It's one of his favourites. Yeah, he's you know like he's he's a horse that uh, we didn't have any huge aspirations for him right at the very beginning. He. He won a maiden, then he came up to Queensland and did a did a job pre Christmas last year, and then it was just targeted towards the Brisbane Derby, and uh, he got the job done there. But he's he's got a, had a picket line fence, and his first run, you've got a few questions over Gareth, but I'm sure he'll put that to bed on Saturday and be uh, right back up in lights. So I should back him for the Cox Plate as well. Have something small each way on him for the Cox Plate, because if he wins the Epsom, he'll firm in for the Cox Plate. Yeah, the Cox Plate's looking a pretty good race at this stage. You know, it's going to be interesting to see Romantic Warrior next weekend in Melbourne. So um, onwards and upwards to a really strong Cox Plate this year. I've got one for you in the Cox Plate. This was this horse was a market mover on Giddy Up on Monday morning with Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks. There was a horse in a Cox Plate that everyone wanted to back. It was $34 when we started that show at 10 o'clock. And then by the time the show finished... It was into twelve dollars with bet three six five. A horse by the name of Victoria Road. Do you know the Aidan O'Brien? I think purchased Spiles Kerr and Johnny O'Neill and that syndicate. Um, Aidan O'Brien will train him, and yep. he's a he's a lightly race galloper. He was heavily supported, so he's he's into twelve militarized eleven. Amelia's Jewels six fifty. Brightside five and. Romantic Warrior at $3.60. Does he deserve to be that short, the Kong, the Hong Kong Galloper? Yeah, it's, it. you know, like, like Hong Kong horses are really good on their home turf, but they're not very, they're not very used to travelling. There's been a few travelled to England and that for Royal Ascot and they've probably underachieved. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with Romantic Warrior. If he, if he runs good at Flemington next week, I'm sure he's going to be in the Cox Plate right up to his earballs. But, you know, we'll just see what happens. I can get $34 Kovalika for the Cox Plate. We might have a dabble on that galloper a dollar each way. Um, we'll take a quick break here on this Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast. Um, Guy Molecaster, Gareth Hall with you. Just a question um, here for you, Captain, as I go to the break. Daylight savings in Queensland, should they have have daylight savings or not? I don't think it really matters, Gareth, does it? Well, I'm just wondering because I, I think that um, it's an interesting debate to have. I was just, um, a text message just came through from um, one of our loyal listeners as well to make sure you ask Captain that. I don't know if you were having a conversation <laughs> with someone about that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they should send it to some other radio station. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back with plenty more. I'm going to ask Captain about the sale of Strawberry Hill by Coolmore. She's a belter's off to, off to the breeding barn. We lost one of the star stallions there over. He was a he was a beauty, Magnus, and he passed away recently for, um, of course, the Widden the Widden size. So we'll have a chat about Magnus and also 
Brave Smash got his first winner there in Hong Kong uh, over the weekend. So we'll have a chat about that. So this is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast. Gareth Hall and Guy Moldcaster with you. Um, and we are recording this on a Wednesday morning. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. This is the Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast. Gareth Hall with you on this Wednesday. Of course, we record the show on a Wednesday morning and Westbury Stud are uh, doing, we're having a wonderful time of it at the moment. Russell Warwick, the boss of Westbury Stud, joins us here on the Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast. Russell, thanks for your time. We appreciate it, mate. Geez, you must have been proud of the son of Redwood and Sharp and Smart, who a couple of weeks ago was announced um, New Zealand's Horse of the Year in one of the the hottest ever years when it comes to trying to to work out who the best horse in New Zealand was for a season. I think that the country um, could have only dreamt of of having the quality of thoroughbreds that represented your country last season. Uh, it certainly was, Gareth, and obviously extremely proud of Sharp and Smart and his achievements. And uh, you know, he's a Derby winner, and he he won on both Group Ones on both sides of the Tasman. And I guess that was probably one of the highlights uh, for the season. Really, was it the success of the New Zealand thoroughbred uh, trained horses in, in Australia, winning Group Ones uh, fairly regularly. So uh, always proud to see them do that, and um, hopefully it will continue. But um, yeah, no, as far as, far as Sharp and Smart goes, it was certainly a big achievement. And I think it, more importantly, too, the success of the New Zealand horses were from sides that are based in New Zealand. And your fellow Redwood, he's had a wonderful year as well. Um, have you seen the success of Sharp and Smart? Is obviously, I would imagine, increased his popularity. Yeah, look, he has. He's been very popular this year, and he'll serve a good book. And uh, he's still in a very relatively um, fair service the, at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I think he had about six takes from his last season alone, and um, ranging from sort of two year old and solidified through to Antino with Tony Gollins and Sharp and Smart winning a derby. And Hong Kong, he had two full up there, uh, got a bit and a half head in Hong Kong derby. So it was a red letter year for uh, Redwood. and. Um, just justified um, what we'd always thought he could do, could and would do. Um, he's always been able to get a good horse like the Night's Watch and mm. Romancer and those style of horses and Rock and Wood, but uh, he had about five or six of them all in one season, so uh, it really captures everyone's imagination. I think Antino's going to be hard to beat in a Turak for Tony Golan, and when you look at the Redwoods, if I've had a, if I've got a mare, um, what kind of mare do you think suits him? Because He's been able to have that rare ability where he can produce a horse that can sprint, but they've got that turn of foot to also stay, which is unique these days, especially in Australasia. Yeah, look, he's got a female line. He comes from a fantastic European female line, and he's by High Chaparral. I mean, how, how successful High Chaparral's been in this part of the world. And uh, as you quite rightly say, last year he had a stakes winning two-year-old and solidify a derby winner and... Um, and Sharp and Smart and an Auckland Cup winner over two miles and letting them invade us. So um, it's it's very rare for a stallion to be able to do that at all spectrums. And um, I think Tio has proved me so I wouldn't have been a very good two-year-old and a speed influence. And, uh, and yet the high chaparral and uh, that style line uh, allows you to get to that staying distance. So as I said, I think it depends a little bit on the mare, but um, there's a lot of options open to you. Oh, I love Benno. He's got that winning feeling about him after his victory recently, and his form since then has been pretty good. Can he win a Group 1 Metrop? 
Ben Arnold certainly can. Like if, yeah. if you, I don't know if you cast your mind back 12 months ago, that was the race he was set for, and uh, it, they had a um, discrepancy in the stable, which meant he had to be scratched from the next bottle last year, and he missed the opportunity. And uh, since and of, of late, you know, he won the Wyong Cup extremely well. He's run really well in the Kingston Town his most recent start, and um, you know, there's a few of those European horses that are going to be uh, strong chances, but I think he becomes, I think, uh, somewhere around the 51, 51 and a half, mm. and, uh, and arguably got one of the best riders in Australia, and Jamie Carr riding him, so uh, I think he's a, he's a very strong chance. And you bred this filly that I think that I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do this campaign, especially in New Zealand. I think she's on a path towards a thousand guineas. Viva Vienna for the all conquering Tiako racing team. Um, geez, Mark Walker's on fire at the moment, but um, I think she's well above average, this Viva Vienna. Uh, no doubt. You know, she's a very valuable man now. She's a stakes winner. And, yep. uh, last start when they she won the Canterbury Bell, she beat another filly that we saw in the same uh, yielding draft, a filly called Illicit Dreams. So both of those fillies. I think they'll probably go the race it's uh, Water Creek, I think it's called, uh, over 14 and, and on to the 1,000 guineas. But um, you're only three once, and um, she's down down the South Island, settled in, and uh, Tiaka have got a wonderful reputation in those uh, those big races. And, you know, they also presented a, a capitalist filly last week uh, as a two-year-old here that yeah. they bought off us and won first up uh, and, uh, about last night. So they, they had a good run. Yeah, and it's it's good when we, we have a chat to this with Guy all of the time on this podcast is that if you've got farms that are producing winners, especially nice and early, it's the best advertising I think a farm can get there, Russell. Um, no, no doubt. It doesn't matter whether you're a jockey, a trainer or an owner or a stud, uh, you're only as good as your last winner. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you keep producing them, it's hard for people to ignore that. Um, good luck with Sharp and Smart. Is he Cox Plate or Caulfield Cup horse in your eyes? Um, I don't think he'll go Caulfield Cup. Yep. Um, I think he'll know a lot more after Saturday when he runs in the Arrowfield place here. Um, I think if he won that, he could uh, and won impressively, he could end up going to the Cox Plate. Um, if not, I think um, Graham and Debbie will find a race. Uh, he'll probably stay here for the Liver Mile and then uh, he'll come to Melbourne and have one run before the Melbourne Cup. And uh, will you participate in the Ready for Run sale coming up shortly in New Zealand? Yeah, we've got about uh, 55, I think, in there. So uh, there's surely a horse for everyone in that class. Yes. But now we've got, we've got a half-brother to solidify. It's a nice colt and yep. capitalist filly and some very well-bred uh, two-year-olds in there. So they're all going through their paces now. And we're about three weeks away from the breeze-ups at Tirapa Race Schools. Is there a lot that we should keep an eye on that you think, hmm, I don't know if I want to sell that one? Um, yeah, there, there, there's, there's a couple there. Um, there's one there that's shown us a little bit. Now Rocker Colt, yeah. um, out of the doubt of he's um, he's just shown us a little bit, and he's sort of horse that he he thinks he's pretty good, and and he moves really nice. So uh, be interesting to see how he breathes up. But he won't be an expensive colt. But Mel um, Rock is doing a great job, and um, he's a really nice horse. All right, I'll definitely take a look at that one then. Um, so the old rocker there for Westbury Stud. Hey, Russell, thanks for your time, mate. Always great catching up with you, and um, good luck this weekend Appreciate with it. all of your horses. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Gareth. Have a good day. There's Russell Warwick from Westbury Stud. We'll take a break. We'll come back with plenty more on the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast on uh, this Wednesday. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. 
This is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast. Let's head to New Zealand to catch up with Andrew Seabrook, the boss of New Zealand Bloodstock. And boy, it's been another big week for your organisation and New Zealand bred horses. And it could only get bigger once again this weekend with Imperatries representing New Zealand and Tiako racing there on on Friday night um, and some top class racing in New Zealand. Andrew, hello to you, mate. First of all, I want to get your thoughts here. And you know David Ellis really well. What's he thinking with Imperatrice? He's telling us that there's no Everest for her. But if Mr. Zhang comes up with an offer too good to refuse, if alcohol-free doesn't turn up there on Saturday in a premier stakes, do you think that he could be, uh, he, his arm could be twisted, Andrew, as I say hello? Yeah. It's a, hey, hello, Gareth. It's a very interesting situation, isn't it? But I know David pretty well, and I was talking to Mark, Walker uh, the other day. She she is better um, left hand, uh, Gareth. Um, I think she's won 14 times. Only two of those have been right hand. Um, I, I I think that once David makes his mind up, he he sticks to that plan. Um, so too with Mark. So look, I'd be I'd be surprised. I reckon though. I reckon she'll run a nice race Friday night. Then she'll go to the Manicato, then the Dali. That would be my thoughts. Um, he's a great planner, David. I'd be surprised if he changed his plans now. And putting your bloodstock bloodstock hat on, um, and you you know this game and the people involved better than anyone. So if you're a a Mr. Zhang or a Sam Fairgrey or even a Todd Magny with Coolmore, and now Aquas, they've got their slot available. With a mare like that, because she's got a few owners engaged in her, um, is there a case that they could do a deal if they wanted to, for the sale of her after her racing career? Could they go down that path and think out, think outside of the square, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, they, they probably could. Um, I think they're prob- probably wanting just to get more Group 1s on the page. And I, I, I guess once you cut down the Everest um, and you take the, the slot holder into account and once the prize money's all split up, um, is that a lot higher than winning winning her next three Group Ones? If she can do that, of course. I mean, that's a big ask. Um, but knowing David, he'll he'll want to he'll want to race her through the spring, win a Group Ones, and then I would say she will go online. My guess, because uh, David's had such great success. Of course, he sold Avantage online with us last year for four point one million. Yeah. My guess is that that she would probably do that. Gee, Santono Aladdin's doing a really good job there at starting NZ and Tokyo Tycoon. He's a beauty. Another one for Tiako Racing. There was even talk that he could be a player in an Everest if they wanted to go down that way. But he looks to be the horse to beat in that Hawks Bay Guineas coming up he this does. weekend. Yeah, he does. So I hope, as you know, he gets on the plane uh, Saturday morning after riding Friday night in Peritres. I just hope the Auckland immigration is. Uh, better than it usually is. Yes. It's going to be pretty tight from to get to Hastings because that's another, that's another you know, hour and a half flight uh, domestically. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's a, it's a heavy 10 at the moment, um, Gareth. Okay. So that's going to make it. And, and Tycoon hasn't been past 1,200 metres. It's stepping up to 1,400 for the first time. Um, so that's going to make it a little harder for him. But you, you talk about uh, uh, Satona Aladdin. I mean, not just him, but he's got that other very good... Uh, up-and-coming three-year-old who won at Tauron. I don't know, don't know if you saw him, Lupo Solitario. Yes. He was very impressive on Saturday. So, uh, looks like he's got two of the three favourites in, um, in the 2000 Guineas next month. So, yeah, going very well. 
who wins the Arrowfield stud plate? Because Legato, looking at the Golden Eagle, I think it's really opened up for her now with no giggy kick, and it looks like Amelia's Jewel will be heading towards a, a Cox Plate campaign. Um, and there's a couple of internationals, like that Japanese horse could be just too good for them. We just don't know. But Legato, if she can perform like she did, say, at Flemington that day, um, she'll be mighty hard to beat there at Rose Hill. Yeah, she will. I mean, I reckon that was the best performance by New Zealand bred last year, who Guineas won against the boys. But um, she's improved a lot, uh, Ken, Kelso, Ken Kelso says, since her third in the in the Tarzino, um, up to 1,400 metres, so up to, to, to a mile, rather. Uh, she's very hard to beat. I think I think she'll be winning the race, even though it's it's bordering on on the probably worse than what she wants it. Uh, and I thought Mustang Valley would be a chance. She, she loves the mud, Mustang Valley, and um, okay. you know she ran fifth in Doncaster. Should be should be uh, one for the multiples. And I tell you what, when we're doing our form for the classics coming up here in Australia, especially just New Zealand bred horses, you don't even have to look at any other breed because once again we had a. A Derby and Oaks preview and Harlow Miss, another one for Johnny Sargent. He loves that Oaks preview. Kennedy Oaks preview race was successful, a daughter of contributor. And then Savabil. He's a beauty, isn't he? He's got the favourite for the Everest and I wish I win. And he's producing Derby preview winners. Yeah, he is amazing. And Gold Bullion, he's a, he's a three-quarter to Major Beal. He's running the Metropolitan and yeah. he's, Golden Miles close up in that family too, Gareth. And, um, so, yeah, th- th- this is the time of the year, isn't it, when the three-year-olds sort themselves out. Do they head the good ones? Do they head towards the, the Coolmore? Are they going to go the Caulfield Guineas track or do they go the Oaks and Derbies? And, and just great to see those two wins on Sunday. But uh, Savabell, what can you say? And, of course, Harlow Mist. How good is Johnny Sargent? Yeah. But I think he's won the, the wakeful with Lund- uh, Thunder Lady, Lover Lover, Kiramos at three years. He won this, that race last year with, with So Dazzling and... Um, he can find a staying Philly, can't he? So uh, by contributor, who's doing a really nice job. He's an underrated stallion contributor. So uh, be good to see where those two horses go next. I was I was sent a voice message of a preview from Johnny Sargent recently, and between him and Mike Moroni, I know David Eustace is quickly um, catching them up, but their voices are unbelievable. Talking about great voices, they could have a job on radio. Um, Johnny Sargent and, and Mike Moroney, two of uh, the superstars, the hail from New Zealand. What about? Yeah, yeah, they they, they got some uh, great deep voices. Both those two. Yeah, I, I, I love I love Johnny Sargent. He he, he uh, signs off every yeah. every uh, voice. Uh, uh, John Sargent, Royal Wamwick, Sydney, Australia. <laughs> like Laurie Oaks back in the day. <laughs> Laurie Oaks, Channel Nine News, Canberra. Um, great yeah. character, very good trainer. Yeah. And oh, the the um, geez, I keep looking at your catalogue. Um, I can't even speak. I'm that excited. And uh, for the ready for run sales. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the breeze ups. Those preparations for those two year olds or yearlings um, are coming to an end, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, we've got the breeze ups at Tirapa in about two and a half weeks. So we're just praying that the, uh, the track stays uh, nice for that. It's uh, on the grass at Tirapa, which is fantastic. We'll have sort of about 350 horses breezing up there. Um, Gareth, and we also get great footage before the horses start with 200 metre um, prep, and you know we've got good bird cage footage and footage afterwards as well. So it's 
it's a really nice, good video and transparent video for the buyers to look. But now looking forward to that sale. You know, probably the standout on Pedri's behalf, the Lucky Swain S by contributor. So, yep. um, and of course, Lucky Swain S is on the on the front of the catalogue. So, but uh, now the the results from that sale just keep going from strength to strength and uh, looking forward to that one soon. And the captain just wanted to pass on because he's getting up at a ridiculous time these days. Kovalika will be winning the Epsom. So he just said, can you tell my great mate, um, Andrew, that um, I'll be winning the Epsom. So there you go. Oh, be- oh beautiful. $9, I see. So uh, $11 these days, I think. What's that? $11, I think, last time oh. I looked, unless he's backed it. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. Ocean Park. Look, look forward to seeing the Epsom. Good on you, Andrew. Thanks for your time as always, mate. Always great to Thanks catch up. Going. There's Andrew See Seabrook, the GM of uh, New Zealand Bloodstock. We'll come back with plenty more. This is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the Captain Guy Moldcaster and Gareth Hall with you. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the Captain. Guy Moldcaster, Gareth, all with you as well. Captain, it was interesting to read recently that Coolmore Australia has purchased Strawberry Hill Stud for $30 million. Goodbye there from Tom and the team. Yeah, um, I mean, to have a have a base a little bit closer to Sydney, uh, and they, I think it's going to be used as a spelling farm and that sort of thing. It's uh, And it's absolutely boutique farm. It's amazing. It's well set up and... Uh, and I'm sure they'll have uh, very much uh, enjoyable time there. Hopefully Shinzo's okay as well. He pulled up two out of five lame. I had a chat to Tom Magnia by text message earlier on the week, and they're just checking him out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him, the Golden Slipper winner for Coolmore. Um, yeah, I didn't think things really went to plan for him on Saturday. No. And um, and I think his run time was pretty good overall from the start he gave. So... Um, I'd be looking forward to seeing him again, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, and uh, and give him a chance to come back at three. So you think, do we see him this spring or they give him a chance in the autumn, Captain? Or just depending uh, on what happens with the, the report from the vet? I think, I think I don't I don't think it was a terribly big deal, the vet report. And, uh, okay. I'm sure they'll just take him through and see see where, where he suits and what sort of race they'd like to run him in. Do you reckon you'll go to the Everest or do you think you'll be safe for a race like a Coolmore? Uh, I would be surprised if he went to the Everest off a, off a reasonably hard run with not much luck. So yeah. uh, that then, though. She's a belter was interesting. Justin Warwick, he's a good man, Justin Warwick. He went through a midlife crisis. I don't think he would mind me saying that. And then he, he, he had She's a belter. He's a... He's got he's breeding greyhounds now. He's a Group One harness racing trainer. He's had success in the thoroughbred, so he's done it all across the three coats. She's a belter. He gave that horse to Annabelle Nisham after having so much success with the Snowdens, and then he she had one start for Annabelle. Now she's been retired off to stud. So um, she was a Group One winner in the JJ Atkins, and she'll head to the. Um, Magic Millions virtual auction next month. It's unbelievable these auctions. There's an auction nearly every every week, Captain. Yeah, well, those sort of a high profile horses like that, they can they can get some photos and some video of it, wrap it up, and get it on the on the platform the following week. And that's what they've done here with She's a Belter. Obviously, there was some uh, vet issue there last weekend, and that's the reason she's been. Uh, 
retired. Well, I don't know if she has been retired or if she's still a racing proposition, but obviously the owners are a little bit uh, dejected and decided to sell her. Yeah. Um, when you talk about bread and butter stallions, I think I talk about Magnus. He, he's been a success all over the country. He's had horses like Great Shot. I still can't believe Great Shot defeated Blackheart Bard in that in that railway stakes. Um, but he was a great horse. Malaguera, Streets of Avalon, Magnificio. So uh, he did the job, Magnus, and he was put down there the other day because of his age. But he had a wonderful career there for, for Witten Victoria, Magnus, Captain. Yeah, he did really well, Gareth, and it was sad to see him go. But, you know, when you have livestock, you have dead stock, you know. And Brave Smash, he's at Yarraman Park these days. And he made a, a terrific start there in Hong Kong with Super Legends scoring at Sha Tin on debut. And when you get a Japanese bred galloper starting to get winners in Hong Kong, um, geez, it'd, it'd be good to purchase one of his yearlings and maybe you can pinhook one of those horses that are ready for run sale because they might be popular after that, Captain. Yeah, basically, if you, if you get a stallion performing in Hong Kong, the trainers come back the next year and the year after and keep looking for them. So I'd say it's onwards and upwards for Brave Smash. So it's time now for Jackson France to join us. Palay the 1,200 metre group one weight for age sprint star, which is standing at Darlene. You're a Darlene man with Blue Point, so we'll welcome you, we'll welcome you in now. Um, Jacko, how's things? Morning, Gareth. Going very well. Captain, how are you? I'm good, Jackson. Are you heading up to Randwick on Saturday to cheer the Scampi home? Oh, I can't wait for that. I was chatting to Johnny O'Neill the other day after the means test, and he said it's a very exciting horse there for the um, Maranusis camp in, in the Cole McKenna Silks. And I've been refreshing the um, Bet365 app to see his price come in nice and short. I think he's around $1.80 at the yep. moment. So fingers crossed he can justify favouritism. You've been living at the farm where your filly's at. You went there yesterday again? I did, yeah. Got out there and had a look at her. Caught up with Tom Murtagh and, and Shally out there at Neuralim. They're sick of you, Jacko. Job. You can't just keep turning up They're, every day. <laughs> once every three weeks, three to four weeks, get out there and have a look and send some photos through to the other shareholders. You know, they love it and um, they've always said, um, you're more than welcome. So I'm going to keep being a pest and trying hey, to learn from the best in the business. Hey, Captain, don't underestimate our producer and um, the breeding guru and Jackson France, because last, was it two weeks ago, he had a runner in his silks with his group of mates there at Flemington. And he also had a debutant in a, was it a group race? Uh, so it was a three-year-old 64, but she raced against some nice types in Bolted In and Ala Jahiza, who's placed behind Brave Mead. And she was really impressive on debut, only beaten two lengths after going through the Look, McDonald's at Morpherville. So he's got two horses racing in town with his own silk. So he's a bit of an entrepreneur himself, old Jacko. Look out. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, when they say more than welcome, they don't really expect you there at quarter to six in the morning before they've opened the gates every day, Jackson. Uh, that's all right. We've uh, poured a lot of money into it, so I'm going to keep being a pest until um, we get to the finish line, hopefully cashing um, in a year or so. All right, then. All right, then. <laughs> Rebel Dane statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Sire of the champion, two-year-old Philly Fireburn, which was the winner of the Group 1 Golden Slipper and Size Produce. And I think she takes on Amelia's Jewel Fireburn on a Friday night at Mooney Valley, but... Um, what questions have you got for the great man here, Jackson? So we've got three that have come through this morning and two from Shane. The first of those, Captain, is how do you expect the yearling market to play out in 2024? Could it potentially shape as a buyer's market? Uh, no hope in the world, I wouldn't have thought. You've seen the international sales keep growing and developing. Uh, the appetite for horses in Australia with the 
all the money on at the Sydney and Melbourne carnivals at the moment. I couldn't see uh, the prices dropping at all myself, really, Jackson. Craig is uh, sent in as well via email. One regarding Dundee. Obviously, Militarised was so impressive there, winning the Golden Rose on Saturday. And he's asked, why do some stallions such as Dundee struggle to throw good fillies but produce such elite colts? Is there any reason behind this? Not really. I think you'll find a lot of the times I, in, at the end of their stallion career, it'll balance out a little bit. It might be just the way it goes at the moment, and I'm sure it won't be long till we see a very good filly by Dundee. Don't tell me that, Jacko. We've got a filly by Dundee with the Giddy Up Syndicate. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a concern at the moment. She wasn't really coming off the bit too well, but I'm sure she'll the be Lindsay right. Park team will no, get her she'll, going. She'll but, be um, right. Manifest. You've got to be manifesting that she's going to be a new champion. Okay, I like it, Gareth. I'm all for this new energy and stuff that you've been doing. I've yes. been on the bandwagon for a couple of years now, and it's great. We'll have to get the captain aboard. He might find another Winks. Mm, that's a good point you make. He, he's, he's, he's led the way with the spirits, he, with his spiritual beliefs. Anyway, let's move on. We've got one more question that's come through. And speaking of stallions, um, Shane has asked, what have you made of the trapeze artist progeny captain? The listed Exford plate winner in Griff looks a promising prospect for the Maran Eustace camp. Yeah, I think um, they're pretty pretty strong sort of horses. They're pretty sound sort of horses. He's got good numbers out there. I expect them to keep improving as time goes by. When you've got sound, strong sort of horses, you're going to have plenty of runners and you're going to get a number of good horses by. I've got a question for you, Jackson. What yes. about, so when you have your yearling, all right, um, like what do you, do you feed them special feed or anything to make them nice and strong and I'll just leave that to the carrots? experts and um, Captain might have a better understanding of that. She's obviously still... Um, the foal still on the mum at the moment. They're starting to incorporate a few grains and stuff, but um, Captain's probably best fit to answer that question about how they do prep them up for the yearling sales. I think it's important, Captain, that you make sure you got you go to a good farm to make because it's a uh, when when you're young you got to eat your wheat picks. Exactly, Gareth. And I tell you what, the you know the people that uh, have them looking good usually produce a number of winners, and that's why you keep going back to the same farms. And that is important. I think, Captain, we might – I don't know if you release his top five farms for us because he doesn't want to upset anyone, but we might see if we can – I might see if I can investigate and do a bit of a list. I might go and um, dig up some stats. It might hold us in good stead when we go on that pinhooking venture that you've been keen to do, Gareth. I think yep. we'll uh, have to target the weanling sales next year. But um, if you do want to send in your questions, get in contact with me at jackson.frans, F-R-A-N-T-Z at S-E-N.com.au. And, Captain, um, I've got a tip for you this week – Brisbane Lions will be winning the AFL Grand Final. I've been telling you all all series here that they are the real deal. And best on ground will be Cameron Rayner. Perfect. Yeah. And I think the Broncos can defeat Penrith as well. Wouldn't that be a great weekend for the great state? Yeah. Um, do you have a winner for us? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm going to go with Convalika in the Epsom. And I hope he... Uh, Hope he gets a nice safe passage and Joe just pulls him out at the 300 and uh, and we'll see what happens after that. And then we'll see you at the Valley for the Cox Plate. We will. We'll be at the Valley and we'll be at uh, Caulfield for the Caulfield Cup. So looking forward to catching up with you down there, Jackson and Gareth. We'll do a um we'll do we'll do this podcast live somewhere. I'll organise it at a pub and we'll get some of the big breeders along and um. That's something we can do. I'll, I'll organise that, Captain. So you just let us know what day that you're down on a Wednesday and we'll, we'll do that for a luncheon. Maybe the Emerald. Yes, that's a good point. I'll get on to that. Good on you, good on you, Captain. I'll book you in. I'll even get you some cash for that. Do it earlier and do it at the Emerald. Yes, we'll do We'll do that, Guy. Um, have a wonderful week. Good luck on the weekend. We'll be cheering for you, mate. 
Cheers, boys. There's Guy Molcaster. Thank you, Jacko. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks, Captain. And that's another edition of the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the Captain Guy Molcaster. I'm Gareth. All have a wonderful week, and we'll catch up with you next week.